And we're live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, yo, yo. To the studio, DJ Life Podcast. Woo. Woo. DJ Rick Webb. Dude with the glasses. Dude with the glasses. Eric Massengale. In a pretty sick, fresh Nike uh, hoodie. Is that new? Yeah, I, I, I actually, it's not new. I found it in my closet and I was ooh. like, ooh, this fits because I've gained like 900 pounds since I had a baby. <laughs> And I was like, this is from pre-Fat Eric days, and now we are Fat Eric again. So, hello, old clothes. <laughs> so, yes, it must new. be convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the opposite where I wasn't skinny, and I literally I got rid of all my fat clothes from high school. So, uh-huh. now I'm uh, trying to squeeze into those tight shirts. Anyways. All right, so special guest tonight, we have Keith. Is it Coke? Coco Rose? I've never actually said it out loud. Kokoras? Okay. I've never actually said it out loud. Yeah, I just call you KC. It's KC. KC. Yeah. If you're in the industry, you probably know KC. Um, Seen him all the shows. He's all over. um, All all online. Um, He is is the marquee show. Um, But so that's who we have on this evening. Yeah. and, welcome. Yeah, and welcome. Well, I am excited to be there, be here. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been watching your your uh, videos for quite some time now, and I'm glad that I reached out to say, what do I have to do to, to come on? And you guys were gracious enough to uh, to allow me to come on. So I, I really, really appreciate it. So I'm actually headed back from the Midwest DJs Live conference, which is again, on the subject of conferences. So we were out there telling people about our conference and we're coming up in June. So it's uh, it's exciting. We've got a lot of really great stuff happening. Yeah. Um, you have your you have your speakers in line. Have you announced all your speakers yet? We have. Um, if you go to our website, they're, they're all on there, but I can pretty much rattle them off. Um, yeah, we got, but, we got plenty know, of time, so... Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, kicking things off on Monday, uh, we have business development with Matt Radicelli, which if you know Matt, he, uh, when he sold his company, he was doing $8 million a year, starting out as a DJ in his uncle's bowling alley, and then went on to do full production. In fact, I believe they even did Coachella this year. Jesus. So, I mean, it's, it's, you talk about a guy like a rags to riches and he was not gifted with, uh, with any kind of crazy amounts of money or anything from his family. Mm-hmm. He just, he just, you know, built it up. If little you, by little anyone who has ever met, not Matt, if Matt. anyone who has ever met Matt, there was, yeah. there was going to be no other outcome other than success for that dude. They're just, oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he he doesn't have a mean bone in his body, of course. He's a buddy of mine, but he is just that guy that no matter what the subject you were talking about, he it almost makes me nervous to like say what I know because I don't want him to like be smarter than me and like be like, oh, that's wrong. Even subjects that I'm like the guy on, it doesn't matter. I'm still like, uh, he might know more than me. <laughs> you know, like. Well, it, it's, it's funny you bring that up because when myself and some DJ friends uh, started getting really into DJ event planner, mm-hmm. we actually drove, I drove from Chicago to 
Cleveland sat down with his manager, Steve, uh-huh. and spent two days in their conference room doing nothing but going through DJ Event Planner. And they were doing stuff with it that Troy didn't even know was possible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, and that was, God, that was 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. So, so I hear you. He's a smart guy. He has surrounded himself with other smart people. And the, the biggest thing he's done really, really well is he puts smart people in place and then he gets out of their way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he, he can recognize um, who's best for the job and that he might not be assembling teams. Yeah. He's good yeah, at well, putting I, people in places. I, I think part of it too is and you know, you guys have teams, so if you can't trust the DJ you're sending out or the photo booth person, like you can't be up there, but you know, 24 seven, you have to believe that your process, your training and, and your hiring is, has served you well and that you are indeed going to do a great job for they're, they're going to do a great job for that client representing you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, and when and, they uh, got it, I was about to say, and when they, don't do good for you. Uh, you got to suck it up and man up to that. Probably 80% of it is your fault in terms of lack of training and lack of processes and something like that. For yeah. the most part. And on that subject, another one of our presenters is David Osborne. Mm-hmm. And I had breakfast with him this morning. And he is another unbelievably smart, smart guy and a ridiculously talented DJ. Mm-hmm. And I mean re ridiculously talented yep he does um, the, the blueprint is his thing mm-hmm. yes. the blueprint yeah yeah we've had and him on here start. before yeah mm-hmm. it's it, i mean but here was the other thing i didn't know this because i asked everyone how they got into djing he got into djing as an adult at like 25 years old but what was really cool was he was a he started out playing the trumpet at the age of 13 uh-huh. because his mom would not let him buy a drum set and, and in the band, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, in the school band and stuff. So he's a really smart musician as it pertains to music. So when we are talking, you know, he knows how to mix in key incredibly, incredibly well. Uh-huh. And so we were talking about different sets that were played the night before. And he's like, oh, yeah, I knew that I could pitch this up and I could take it from, you know, like a B flat up to like an E sharp and and. Fortunately for me, I took piano lessons, so I understood what he was saying, even though I am not uh, any longer any type of musician. Yeah, it leaves you unless you keep up. Right. But I mean, but it was amazing because he was talking about music like music. And I think a lot of DJs talk about it as breaks, BPM, you know, then programming that's if you're lucky (laughs) these days that's if you're lucky that's with a good dj these days yeah but uh but no he he did a great job the that night and he's going to be doing two seminars for us one is going to be about building a rock star team and i saw him speak at another dj convention and it was very reminiscent about the processes that we had put in place when i built my first multi-op and and uh it was very similar. So when I had breakfast, we were talking about the old days and, and how we did it. He was, you know, sharing, you know, we did yellow or we did uh help wanted ads and he's doing, you know, indeed. And he was talking about all the features of indeed and such. So he's going to do that. I know he'll kill it. 
and um, and then on top of that, we have uh, him doing a thing on beat mixing, mm-hmm. and he's going to be taking people through. And listen, there's in my opinion, the only time you should be embarrassed about what you don't know is when you're too proud to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of very good DJs that know how to program the nights, but they don't necessarily know how to beat mix. And so, you know, I, I can't stand it. We, and we've all seen it in all of the chat groups where it's like, well, I've never needed to. Mike, I've been doing it for 400 years. I don't need to. And it's like, no, you don't need to. I mean, but you also didn't need to buy a pair of powered speakers. You could still be using your BSB2s and carrying a 7,000-pound amplifier in. But, but again, there's a, there's always a better way of doing it, so why not embrace technology and It's also and just call not – the to – to add beat mixing into your repertoire is not hard to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're yeah. already like, let's say you don't even use a controller. You're just DJing off a trackpad and a laptop. If that is you, right. you can still beat mix. So why right. not? You know, like I agree. Yeah. Now mixing and keys. Yeah. Mix, mixing and keys. Another story, but yeah. um, beat, beat matching is nothing. Right. Yeah. That's uh, it should be elementary no, for a DJ. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's uh, he's doing two. We have uh, Alan Berg, who's uh, I think uh, I a staple. Heard of him. Who's yeah, that, who's that? Uh, <laughs> Did you say Mister uh, Burge? Burge? Yeah, Burge. <laughs> Mister Bergy. What Alan would a Berg. DJ conference be without Alan Berg speaking? I don't know if I've ever been to one without him speaking. He's in a lot more than just the DJ like, industry. Did you, oh, I yeah. didn't realize I that. Say, oh, and realize he really okay. He was scheduled to speak. He was either last year or the year before. I think it was last year at Midwest DJs Live. I think he came down with COVID or someone in his house came down with COVID. So he didn't travel. So he's never been there. He has, he lives in Philadelphia. He's never been to DJ Expo. And, you know, so that was shocking. And then he speaks on the photo booth side of the industry, but not on the DJ side at MEX. So, you know what, guys, in all seriousness, you've probably seen him at Marquee and Wedding in VA, but he's never really spoken anywhere else. And mm-hmm. I've been very lucky. I befriended him about 10 years ago mm-hmm. through our, our departed friend, Andy Ebon, and I, I've had him involved with all kinds of stuff. The only other DJ thing he really spoke at was he was at the uh, the old school Las Vegas DJ show. Uh-huh. Put out no, that's the true. American DJ Association. He's know. just... He's just, uh, to me, he's just a really well-marketed, branded uh, person in the wedding space, you know, and that's what you're used to seeing him at. I honestly couldn't see Alan Berg speaking at DJX, though, just because they're not... DJX, if you go for the education, you're just lying. I'm sorry. I enjoyed DJX a whole lot. Oh, wait, wait. That's not the... Is that Atlantic City? That's Atlantic City. Okay, yeah. Um, They're trying to... They're trying... I'll just put them that way. The, as of last year, like oh. they they put in a couple of cool. seminars that worked really well. That they are, they're trying, like yep. David spoke there and he had a packed house. Like they're they're but, trying. Okay, like, Icon Charles, uh, yeah. When that Icon was really awesome. yeah. Icon put that panel together and and uh, yeah. So like they're trying and there's some guys trying to push them to do more with the people that are out there pushing the education right. side of things to draw more people into those rooms. 
So I'll just put it like that. They're trying. They're definitely not anywhere near a high-tier education one I st- yet, though. I still do enjoy that conference, though. That um, one's just I, all about networking, honestly. I mean, but but also, every conference has its own unique selling position. And the Hard Rock Hotel is the best host hotel, period. It has got mm-hmm. music history everywhere. It's yep. a beautiful hotel. From an economic point of view, you could eat a slice of pizza on the boardwalk for $3. If you're tight on money, you can sit and have $150 steak dinner. Yeah. And get that golden up. cheeseburger. So, what is that? What is yeah. that place that has the golden cheeseburger? Oh, it's the, um, the candy one. Uh, yeah. Sugar factory. Sugar factory. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. they were sold out of the, the golden cheeseburger when I went. Right. That place is good though. Um, it is. It's a little overpriced, but yeah, oh, super overpriced. But I don't. I mean, honestly, when I'm at those conferences, I'm trying to go out. My number one goal is to shake people's hands, and meet them in food. person, and eat food with them. That is like yeah. I've pulled more out of that right there mm-hmm. than I don't care. If, I mean, yes, your conference can have the best education, it can have the best this and that. It's just that's not where I personally pull the most out of, regardless of mm-hmm. how good that is. Um, but um but you know what but i think you but in my opinion any conference not just dj because i also went to the social media examiner conference i'm going to a wedding show producers conference next week it has to start with the foundation and in my opinion that foundation mm-hmm. should be education yep. and or depending on when it started should be a ridiculously humongous trade show floor. Right. There has to be a reason for John Doe or Jane Smith to go to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I'm coming home from my sixth conference of the year, and I am so sick of being on the road. And like I said, I'll be on the road on Monday going to a, a wedding show producer conference. Then I'm going up to the EV headquarters for the audio lighting symposium. Mm-hmm. And again, my motivation is different as a show producer. Um, mm-hmm. However, it doesn't change. Like the NAM show, yes, they have education, but the NAM show is, it's its the biggest trade show I've ever really been to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than probably the, the restaurant show. I mean, and it is enormous. I mean, it's crazy huge. And again, it's not designed for the public. It's designed for, it's the music retailer show yep so is everything that a guitar center buyer is going to buy um but again i went there on behalf of the show and was talking like i've been emailing back and forth with a bunch of our vendors and possible vendors and finalizing things and so it's exciting but as a dj i don't know that i would go to that but djx does a great job i mean they've got the biggest show floor including mine in uh, in the industry, yep. so I mean, show floor in that, but I'll tell you, it sucks to go to because I have to fly into Philadelphia, and then it, it takes me suck. an hour tower drive, and it, and it's no reflection on DJ Times. I mean, they, they're doing a great job, but the logistics of Atlantic City on a national basis aren't great. Right. I also hate Vegas for that reason because mm-hmm. while it's very convenient, I feel like people aren't going for the show. So, you know, even if you want to dine with somebody, I know that for me, I get invited to like five different dinners every single night because yeah. I'm 
blessed to have so many friends, and now you're making a choice. Like, okay, who did I say yes to first or, or whatever? And uh, so it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all. But, yeah. um, you and... know, like I said, it's it's different. And I'm very tired of being on the road. But I think it has to start ultimately with education. I really sincerely do. Because, mm-hmm. and I know that there's education available like today's podcast There's hopefully so will be many. educational and entertaining or or neither because i'm your guest but <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that uh you wouldn't call it there's lots of education available so if i as a show producer i'm going to ask you to travel to my location put yourself up in a hotel in my hotel and pay me hundreds of dollars for a ticket i need to deliver more than just we had really good dinners with John Doe or Jane Smith. Mm-hmm. Right. More than Absolutely. just you, you're lucky to be in Vegas, you know. Because then they would just come and get a hotel ticket like Eric did at Mobile Beat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, was that NBA? No, that I was Mobile Beat. I was there. You didn't have a ticket to it. It was 2019. I don't I don't think I ever did that to Mobile Beat. It had to be budding NBA. Or, or was it Butters did that? It definitely, yeah. I think that was Matt because yeah, I don't. Matt did I, that. I contemplated that. I contemplated going to Wedding NBA and just not actually going to Wedding NBA. I was like, oh, all the people, and but I, I did buy a ticket for me and Graham because we were there. Um, but Matt didn't, and yep. uh, it was weird. It was super weird. But that it, uh, that Wedding NBA wasn't the best, honestly. That used to be my favorite show um, when yep. I was brand new on the scene. Uh, sure. Mo- Mobile Beat was still a thing Las Vegas back in the day and it was fucking awesome. I remember I was like heart racing because all the but I'd also never been before. I honestly can't even tell you if it was awesome or not compared to like other things I've been to, but I was just brand new. So everything I heard was the first time I'd heard it. You know how regurgitated some of that shit can be. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um but I was like, oh my God, like this is it right here. You know? It's funny that I think you're thinking like, oh, my God, is there anybody? Am I crazy or does anyone else think the way that I do? Right. And all of a sudden you're amongst 300 people that are all like, yep. yeah, you know, you know, DMX lighting. And you're like, holy shit. You know, it's a it's a real thing, you know, or or bridal shows, yay or nay. Or you find all kinds of people that agree with what it is that you're doing and, and what you're trying to accomplish. And you start to go, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh but going back to the show, uh, so Alan Berg's doing two different seminars, sales and marketing orientated. Uh, we have a woman named Shannon Tarrant, which good segue. I met at the uh, Wedding NBA show last year. Absolutely love her. Gobs and gobs of energy. She's out of Orlando. She owns a company called Wedding Venue Map. She's a former catering director uh, for a bunch of different hotels and such. And her seminars are going to be spot on. One of them is um, you don't suck, but you're not getting referred. So it's essentially how to talk to catering people. Like as a catering director, she used to say she'd have super, you know, she'd have great vendors that she would never refer because they either weren't a team player or they just, they just didn't get the big picture. Uh And as a result of that, uh, she couldn't refer them even though they were a great DJ or great photographer or whatever it was. So she referred the people that yep. she felt were on the same team as her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's doing two different seminars. One of them is about building a brand. 
And so she talks about, again, what she sees and what she believes wedding couples want to see today and such. And I saw her and she was great. She was fun. She kept things moving. So we're super pumped about that. I have a girl that I saw at the Social Media Examiner Conference. Her name is Jade Beeson. She's never spoken in a DJ show before, ever. Um, and she's doing two seminars on social media, one very specific to um, to Instagram. Oh, boy, look at that. I'm under the street lamp. Oh. So I feel like I'm in a Phil Collins video right now. Um but she's doing it and she killed it in front of 5,000 people at social media examiner conference. She was absolutely positively amazing. And she has no uh, affiliation with any DJ show, wedding show, anything. So she's brand new to the scene. So I'm super excited about having her. Uh -huh. uh, we have uh, Wayne Mesmer, who's a local Chicago celebrity here. And again, it's a motivational thing. And she, he's going to be talking about, he was one of the voices of the Chicago Blackhawks hockey team, used to sing the national anthem all the time. And coming out of the game, he was shot in the throat. They didn't know if he was going to live or die, be able to speak again. And he went on to not only come back, but went through the therapy necessary to also be able to sing the national anthem again and he sung it still sings it sang it at the 2016 cubs world series and he's an everyday guy that overcame that and not only that but he went to jail to meet with his attacker to forgive him and so he's going to talk about it. it's called the the uh the heart of a champion so it's uh i've seen him before he's super inspirational it's going to be great uh, Chris D'Amico, who you guys may have seen at DJ Expo and uh -huh. at our show before, has an unbelievable uh, motivational speech about overcoming tragedy. He actually watched his son get killed in a boating accident, his eight-year-old son. And um, it was uh -huh. about him overcoming that and, and how you deal with shit every day in your life. So we have a separate... We have a separate... Uh, we have a separate uh, uh, every morning we have a different motivational topic to try to get things kicked off and, and make it great. Uh -huh. uh, DJ Hoppa from the Scratch School of DJ is doing one on programming. Uh, former DMC champion DJ Qbert is going to be oh, uh, teaching, uh, teaching scratching. Like I said, Dave Osborne is teaching mixing. Bill Herman's doing a thing on MCing. So we've got business development. We have it's very specific courses on on DJ. Um, Matt Play, who's with Pioneer, is going to be talking about how to uh, integrate Recordbox. Recordbox, I think, for a lot of people is a big question mark. Mm -hmm. And Pioneer certainly me. pushing it. Whether that's... you like it or you don't like it, he'll be there to actually walk you through it. And then you can decide for yourself if it's a better choice for you or, or what have you. But, but, I mean, we have just unbelievable talent three solid days of nothing but talent so it's going to be great mm -hmm. um in the evening we have a 90s party going on which is super cool mm -hmm. so it's all themed with 90s music 90s attire and if you come to chicago as eric uh, has seen you want to get a chicago style hot I was dog gonna say you can eat one of those terrible salad. hot dogs <laughs> Nah, you just gotta go get the pizza. I can't do just it. go get the pizza. I tried, and, and it was. Dish. 
It was it. Uh, when I went to Chicago, I, all I want the best thing I remember out of Chicago was the deep dish pizza. The, it was uh, very hit or miss. We'll so that as well. my first you night, was? my it was hit or miss uh, the deep dish pizza. So last time I was there, the the last time I went to the Marquis Depends show, where you go. I ordered. I got there super late. Uh, I remember I was chilling with Joe Bun outside and everyone walking by. I was like, Joe, Joe. Not a single person knew who I was. I was like, well, I'm going to go yeah. to my hotel room and order a fucking pizza. So I asked the person at the desk what like the famous place was that was still open. I can't remember. It was a G word. I don't really remember. I couldn't tell you any more than that. Um, ordered it. It was so terrible i remember being like what is this bullshit i was like this is awful it's because you ordered it to your room that's you're they right. were like you're Fuck right. this dude he's not wrong. in his hotel you're and doesn't wrong. want to experience chicago but <laughs> then a party for that marquee through was catered at jasmine's place uh yeah, yeah. and that pizza was super good um that was bodies, yeah yeah and we'll have that yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, just saying Chicago deep dish. You got to like be a little yeah, more specific. Well, there's about a million spots there. I would assume that serve deep dish pizza. Right. So it's hard to say exactly which one there's, to go right. to. There's two big ones. Lou Malnati's has like fifty something takeout restaurants, and about maybe five or six sit downs. That's my favorite. They uh, do okay. a butter crust. It's just it's it's really okay. good. And then there's Giordano's, which is very heavy on the crust and not really on the ingredients. So it mm. just it's just different. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Lou's, and that's what we're having, and that's what we've had at the party that Eric was at. And, uh-huh. and so, yeah, so that's that. Um, and then, again, the Chicago-style hot dogs, which doesn't sound like you cared for. It w- It's just the ingredients. That's just what it gets it for me. <laughs> it's not necessarily the hot dog. It's what's on the yeah. hot dog. And then we've got the uh, Italian beef sandwiches. So, so that's that. So, yeah. it'll it'll be good. People get a taste of Chicago, and we'll have an open bar at the '90s party. And then we're doing our first ever DJ of the Year competition Ooh. with the celebrity guest judges like Qberts, and uh, we've got people from Pioneer and uh, people from Promo Only as judges. And so, it'll be good. We've got uh, six guys spinning as finalists, and it, it'll be super super cool. So. Like I said, it's, we've got great education. We've got a really great host hotel. We've got an excellent uh, parties in the evening. And we have almost every major manufacturer coming out to our show. So uh, we have uh, Chave, Jamez. We'll have American DJ once I get their contract in. Um, Blizzard Lighting, as well as I was given a verbal yesterday from RCF. We've got QSC in the show with their own sound room. EV is our title sponsor. Pioneer will be there. When I was at NAM, I talked to just about everybody. Um, and I'm confident that every single manufacturer will be there. Plus, we have our photo booth contingent. So we've got props, we've got backdrops, we've got manufacturers. I mean, we've got everything. And then Battle. DRM is Danny as well. Max. Is Danny Max going to be there? Curator. Danny Max will be there. In fact, he dropped. Uh, he drove driving back to New York or to Delaware, and he he left early today. The show dropped off stuff in my office um, that's being stored for the show, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, drive it over to his shop uh, to the show in the morning, and and that's that. So, mm-hmm. or it's at the morning of the show. So, yeah. So he'll be there with a full. Uh, set of booths and all kinds of stuff so it'll be super super good tell super me, super good 
Tell me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like ADJ's first show in a long time. I've got a verbal, yes, but it is. Uh, I haven't they seen were at ADJ. And bar. They were at nightclub and bar. Yeah, they, they always were go there. At, um, they were at Music Mess this week, or they're going to Music Mess. Uh-huh. They were they were at NAM. Um, yeah. So I talked to Alfred. He's got a few things to work out with the, the local dealer, but yeah, it'll be exciting. And they've got some cool new products out in the DJ space. Some oh. nice comfortable sized movers so it's was, really neat i was surprised because they weren't they've been they haven't been at djx since covid yeah they that was that was my like i haven't seen them at a dj strictly only conference since covid yeah no i agree and uh but they were actually wedding nba last year too with a okay. dealer and they were pushing up lighting and hmm. low light dry ice and effects that i think venues could buy on their own and, and, and are buying on their own. I mean, we all know everyone's buying up lights and gobo projection type stuff. And yeah, and I don't blame them. If I owned a venue, I'd have it all in house as Man, well. Man, Jasmine's venue. When we were there, holy shit, yeah. that place had some shit. That was yeah. nuts. That was seriously. How's she doing? I haven't, I haven't talked to them. In doing forever. great. I talked to her today, actually. Uh, she, in fact, about a month ago, if you go to the loft 21, uh, Loft 20 on events Facebook page, you'll see uh, she had a very uh, successful customer that brought uh, Flo Rida in to oh. do a, to perform at the mitzvah. So nice. the rumor was that they that he got 250000 to to perform for 20 minutes at this Jesus kid's bar mitzvah. Christ. So bar and the mitzvahs pictures are, so are incredible. Crazy, dude. Absolutely incredible. Bar so if you go to their, her Facebook page, you'll see it. Yeah. Uh, which we call it. I had. Uh, Jay Sean this winter at a corporate party and I was asking like I was curious like how much they paid for Jay Sean to come show up for 30 minutes and perform turned out it wasn't actually he wasn't paid he owed the owner a favor huh okay um, because he was supposed to perform at his son's uh, like uh, bar mitzvah but he didn't show up he like flights or something got delayed and never got charged for it so he did an OU I owe you thing but I mean, the owner of this health guy, I mean, he literally, he rolled up for setup in a Maserati, or not a Maserati, he had a, I can't remember what fucking big brand SUV, and then he came back later that night with a Rolls Royce truck decked out for all of his family, and the people, wow. the, the people at the venue were like, yeah, that's like one of eight of his cars, he's got like two Lambos, Maserati, like he's got it all, and I'm like, oh, and oh, and he's got a house in some it company or, or country in the middle eastern he's got a house over there too so middle eastern house but well here's a good one uh jeff green who's a dj out of miami fort lauderdale area mm-hmm. when his daughter got bought mitzvah i flew out as a guest and hung out and my buddy mars was the mc and and the funny part was he had a, a bunch of his own dancers on there and mm-hmm. one of them shortly after the mitzvah goes you know i'm uh I'm getting these opportunities to sing a lot more and I, I just, I can't do, I can't do mitzvahs anymore. I got to focus on my music career. And Jeff's like, no, 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 I'm telling you, you'll make far more money just being a dancer. I can train you to be an MC. You'll make a fortune. He's like, no, I gotta, I gotta follow my heart when it comes to this whole music thing. That guy was Jason Derulo. Huh. Huh. So, so yeah, Jason Derulo was a, bar mitzvah backup dancer at his daughter's bar mitzvah and worked for Jeff doing parties when he was That's a teenager crazy. in early 20s. Yeah. So 
Yeah, crazy. Back to uh, Marquee, just because I'm curious. You yeah. routed off a lot of speakers. What's the like um, the format? Are they all like 30 minutes or are they double stacked on top of each other every day? A couple of them are double stacked because of time. And then we have, we allow our, our vendors to do what we call a sponsored seminar. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not supposed to be a sales pitch for them. But an example is, let's say that um, a, a company, a company like Eric decides that he's going to do it. I don't want him talking about automate your DJEP. I want him to talk about why anyone should have a CRM and what the power of it is. And I think that when my people or when my my uh, vendors talk about that or how to DMX a light and how to how to make it change colors and, and how to move forward or even things like record box, when you're giving education, it's it's 90% of the sale anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Eric's done a great job of proving himself to be extremely knowledgeable about DJEP. So he doesn't have to come up to everybody and be like, hi, you, I'll automate your software. I'll automate your system. I'll automate, I'll, I'll, like, that's it. He's proven himself over and over again to be knowledgeable. And so that's what we have. And all of those seminars are free. Um, you don't even have to be a registered uh, what do you call it? A registered attendee. You can come in with an exhibit only pass and just walk around and all of them are there. So there's education even for people that aren't paying anything. Mm-hmm. So, so there's 20 of those. And then we've got Alan Berg's doing a private workshop on Monday. Bill Herman's doing a private workshop on Monday. That's an additional fee, but you know, I mean, our, our stuff is so cost effective for the amount of education we have that, the question shouldn't be if you can afford to go. It's, you know, how can you afford not to go, mm-hmm. to be honest with you? Yeah, well, uh, Marquee also, I, I won't use the word cheap because it sounds bad, but it is one of the, the lesser ex- costly conventions, you know. Right. It's $500 for a full pass, which includes lunches each day, and we still have promo codes out on the Internet that will save you some money on it as well. So, I mean, there's there's it's there, and... Again, let's let's just break it down to the the old sales cliche. All you need is one. Mm-hmm. You need one really good idea that gets you one extra event, and you break even right away. And then after that, the tools that you've learned there, you you multiply. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys both said it, and that the shows at one point in time helped you propel your business to where you are now. Yeah, and absolutely. it's a matter of finding the next thing. Yeah. So for me, an example is. I paid $1,800 to go to social media examiner conference because I wanted to see guys like Gary Vaynerchuk speak like mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Like the, the best, best, the top the dogs best. of the entire. Yeah. Right. And that's the, you know, I hate to say it, but that's the difference. It's, it's like, do you want to eat the best steak possible or go to Walmart and get the cheapest steak possible or whatever? And I'm not judging anybody, but I think that we're a tremendous value for what we offer and I'll be hard pressed. And, and I've been to every DJ show in existence, mm-hmm. uh, exception of arm DJs. Cause I never made it down there. Mm-hmm. Our show, in my opinion, has the best education dollar for dollar bar none. Our show might not be as cool as some of the other shows. And it's not in Vegas. It's in the suburbs of Chicago, but it's a beautiful hotel. We, we really try to host you guys very well, but, the biggest thing is, without question, is you're going to leave with a lot of tools 
to help you grow your business or make your life better and, and go from there. You're That's right. what it's about for me. I like to say yeah. you're gonna you're gonna leave overwhelmed with opportunity. Oh, absolutely. That's and the, I don't know if a like lot of people it. know it. This isn't my first go around with being frustrated with DJ shows. I, I don't want to say lack of education, but just looking for something more. I started DJ Think Tank 20 years ago mm-hmm. because I was learning more at breakfast, lunches, and dinners with other experienced DJs at my level than I was in a lot of the seminars. So I started Think Tank. And, you know, it's still in existence 20 years later. And it is clearly a 401 type of education, you know. And it's, it, it's what I'm doing. I'm doing the same thing to the public now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to offer a show for guys like the two of you and me that have been doing this for a long time. And again, we're not drinking from the fire hose, but Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I specifically, I'm flying Jade Pearson in all the way from London to have her speak at my show Mm -hmm. after having seen her present, you know, I've got uh, Shannon Tarrant flying in from Orlando, Alan Berg flying in from Philadelphia I mean, I've got people flying in from all over the country. So it's not just me standing up there going, I'm a genius and here's the way I do it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm bringing in the talent to help people and, and I know that I can. So so that's yeah. where I'm at. So you started Think Tank 20 years ago. I did, usually I start with this question, but yeah. uh, now that we're three quarters in, how the f- did you become a DJ? How did you even get to, what was your start, you know? Uh, I got dumped by a girl I was in love with in college. Ugh. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a true story. All of my fraternity brothers were all um, DJing for, for for a mobile DJ company, mm-hmm. and I was just my head was not in the space of trying to mac on girls at the time. I was heartbroken, and and I needed something to distract me, and so I wound up becoming a roadie for this dj company and i'm still friends with the old owner with the owner my old boss 33 years later or whatever mm-hmm. and i started roading thinking like all my fraternal brothers were meeting tons of girls and the first party i did was a uh like a grammar school and so i'm 19 or 20 at the time and there's all these little kids running around and and <laughs> no exaggeration this was like the late 80s and a, a girl came up to me and goes, do you have the song Erasure? I don't even know that song. And I'm like, what? Do you have Erasure? And I literally turned to the DJ and I said, do you have a pencil? And he's like, yeah. I handed the girl the pencil thinking she was looking for an eraser. Oh. <laughs> That's how little I knew about music. Uh-huh. And I felt totally stupid. And I told, I'm like, this sucks. And the guy's like, oh, that was just a junior high party. Don't worry about it. And the second party we did was a, a very well-to-do uh, boarding school in Lake Forest. And it was all, I felt like I was on the TV show, The Facts of Life. It was it was a nightmare. I couldn't stand it to save my life. And that's when I literally gave the guy my two-week notice. I go, I'm going to go be a doorman. I mean, I used to be a really muscular, in-fit guy. Uh-huh. Loved working out and everything. He's like, no, 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 let me show you how to cue up records and stuff. And the minute he did that, I was like, holy shit, I love this. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, I totally 100% fell in love with it. And and that was it. I I mean, 
I wound up meeting my now ex-wife DJing like two or three years later. And, uh, and that was it. So, I mean, and I wound up working for that company for like a year and a half and I gave my notice cause I wanted to DJ for a living. And I started my first company spinning discs and sold it to a, it was a long story, but I trusted somebody that I shouldn't have. And then I started Keith Christopher in 2009 and then I became a serial entrepreneur and I bought a photography studio. I bought a floral decor company. I started doing wedding shows. I, uh, started marquee. I own a, a niche, uh, kind of a novelty catering business. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot. I'm actually closing. I'm buying another DJ company on Friday. So nice. we, we go to the lawyer on Friday and close. And this one specializes in doing all those inflatable movies in the park and such. Mm-hmm. And so I'm buying it just for that entity. When you buy so, a DJ company, does it come with staff? Like, uh, he like doesn't your... really have staff. And that's one of the reasons he's getting out of it. He's in his like mid-50s now and... He's in a smaller town in southern Wisconsin and doesn't can't really get staff on a regular basis. And he's burnt out and uh, he's ready to move on to the next course of his life. And it's the right deal. You know, he's going to wind up getting a nice, not, not a huge piece of money, but a nice piece of money. And based on what he has booked already, I'll, I'll end up, he's holding part of the note. And I'll have him paid off by Labor Day, even though I've got a four-year note with the guy. So mm-hmm. it'll be a really quick turn. So... I mean, most of the companies I've done that way, I've set up a, a payment thing and yep. I paid them all early. So, so it's worked out well. Yeah. I had a guy hit me up super randomly and he, he's like, you want to buy my DJ company? And it was very, I was like, tell me what that looks like. Like it just, I don't, I don't think, Talk to it, me. yeah, like you gotta, you're going to have to give me more de- you know i mean he's this guy is not well, the most business relevant guy person sure. but but it was i was just like you know what does that mean because he it was just wedding dj basically so i'm sure he's got some contracts but it's like first off you so let's say you give me a, a hundred wedding i don't even know what that looks like a uh, hundred right. weddings do I have to staff those weddings? Uh, does your you uh, do you keep all the down payments? What the fuck does that even? It, right off, like the more you think about it like that, I was like, there's just there in no world is that worth it. There just there's no way that well, it could make financial sense unless I gave you eight dollars, you know, like for this person's well, company. Ma- it, totally different were you, for formula. Uh huh. So let's say that he asked for. Uh, $15 for the business, right? Mm-hmm. I look and I see and I go, okay, you've already taken in $7 on deposits. So that's your money. Even though those jobs are now liabilities, they're not assets because there's nothing to, there's no guarantee, even though these clients are traditionally annual clients that book the movie in the park, their park districts, their municipalities, what have you. But let's say it's like a wedding business. The minute that contract comes in, that's a liability, mm-hmm. not a not an asset. And you have to, if you buy the company, you have to fulfill it. Right. So you yeah. have to then, let's say that you're going to buy the company for $15. There's $7 in deposits that have already been paid. So technically, you should be able to negotiate the 15 down to 8. And then you have to, from that 8, you have to look at what your profit's going to be fulfilling those contracts 
-hmm. decide whether it's worth it. And then you have to look at, like, I'm getting four video screens, a whole bunch of projectors, a lot of which are 10K, uh, a couple of RCF sound systems, a van. So then I look at the assets and I look at the, the street price as to what it's worth or what they're worth. And then I take that and then I look at what the the goodwill value is, you know, like, and in this case, he's got excellent reputation. His online reviews are all positive. He's got five stars on everything. So when you're buying a company for goodwill, he's actually got goodwill and that's that. So, so that's just the way that it is. So I, I've done this all four times and I've actually turned down buying like four companies. So, and I've had good experiences and bad experiences. The, the catering business was my worst because mm-hmm. of the fact that I was dealing with a widow and I knew the, the, the husband and I, I allowed myself to get emotionally involved and, and I shouldn't have. And I didn't allow myself to, uh, what do you call it, to, uh, I didn't have clarity. Mm-hmm. And again, you live and you learn and that's just the way that it is. Yep. So The king so of buying and flipping DJ businesses is Anthony Salas. Uh, I feel. Oh like yeah, he's, he, he's speaking at my show too, and the, is he, his seminar is if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And he's talking about the profitability mm-hmm. of it. But even he, he owned a wedding show business for a while and a magazine called Central Coast Bride, and he wound up giving it up. But Anthony's a total sleeping giant in our industry. Mm-hmm. Nobody right. knows who he is, and he is a smart. Oh yeah. Dude. Oh yeah. You know, it's fun. It's funny you say that. Like so like a like you know i've been through the entire world's dj event planner right sometimes sometimes when i'm clicking through just to get an idea of what we should be doing i'll look at their finances and i'll just look at how much revenue per year they're kind of pulling in and sometimes it's i'll call them a nobody just because i i have no idea who you are i've never heard of you before you're just you're your name is Mark. I don't know anything more than that. They're not you know boast, what I mean? They don't boast themselves online. They're, they're not Jan eyes. They're not buns. They're not, right. you know, um, and I'll click and it'll be like mm, 6 million. And I'm like, Gah! like, Who what are the fuck? Like, where did that, you know? And it's like, how have you been silent? You know what I mean? Like, and good for you. Uh, but you know, I mean, I, you know, There's it's just obviously people not trying to cash in on education and whatnot, and that's fine, but it's just surprising when that happens. And I'm all, and Anthony is one of those. And I'm not they're, saying his company's turning six, six million, but either way, he's, he's they're, huge. They're the introvert owners of our industry. Mm-hmm. They keep to themselves. They're introverts. They don't want to talk to other people. Yep. And they've just, well, they're really smart and they build it. You know, most people don't know Total Entertainment, and uh, and Total Entertainment did thirty eight million dollars last year. So I mean, it's it's they're a huge company. Yeah, I mean, a huge, huge company. So, mm-hmm. um, and he started out as a bar mitzvah DJ. That was it. Yeah, I mean, they produced Google's national sales meeting last year. They have clients like Spotify and and huge crazy companies. So, I mean, during the during the uh, pandemic, they pivoted and they partnered with uh, uh, a bunch of doctors and they were doing COVID testing, you know, and all of this stuff at private events. Is that, they Jeff, is that Jeff Craig? 
Is that his? Jeffrey Craig Cyber, yeah. Okay. Yep, and Mark Jason. Okay. I wouldn't have known until you started talking about the COVID pivot because I was yeah. sitting at dinner with some think tankers one time and they were talking about that. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, dude, like, oh my God. He's another super smart guy, you know, and he really worked the system. And I mean that in the most positive way possible to get every government assistance possible. And he kept all of his staff. He didn't lay anybody off. He he may have had to cut pay temporarily, but mm. I mean, and he has a full full infrastructure. Yeah. You know, like Jeffrey never talks to a client unless there's an issue, uh-huh. and he's got a full management team and the whole deal. And he's the CFO, and he's got a COO, and he's got a you know his partners the CEO, and I mean, he's probably got. 25 full-time people working there i mean it's crazy totally crazy yeah yeah he's the real deal he bought my dinner that night i'll never forget that but he is he is way richer than i so he that is fine (laughs) he needed the write-off so he'll be he'll be there as a guest that was actually at wait i think that was at marquee this past year if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure it was and back did you go to uh the steakhouse like just go to Perry's right outside the place. It was it's it was some steakhouse I can't remember, but Matt Mars, uh, probably Perry's. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember, but um, yep. So, no, I mean, again, we're stacked with talent. We're stacked with education. We're stacked with vendors. We're stacked with great parties. So, and uh, and I'm not saying we're the be all end all, but I'm saying you will learn. You will have a good time. And every year I just keep trying to make it better and better and better. And, and I admire the people that are, you know, I, like I said, I just came from back from Midwest DJs live. They did a great job. They've got a lot to be proud of. And there are other shows that, you know, I love going and seeing my friends and, and talking to the exhibitors and being there, but their education isn't what I feel is appropriate or, or that for 2023, but you know, everyone's got their thing. Some people like Pepsi, some people like Coke, some people like Burger King, some people like McDonald's. It's just what you like and what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Or some people just watch DJ Life and that's it. They don't even have to go to a show. They just learn it all here. <laughs> I feel like typically, so we've been like super focused this podcast, right? Like we've been talking pretty pretty on topic typically it is a rabbit hole of a conversation uh pivot 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 it is it goes like that sometimes i think people like that like uh just bullshit talking off just talking you know what i mean uh i think you know uh if you guys ever listen to conan o'brien's podcast no or even Howard Stern. I've fallen off of podcasts. I used to I, listen to a shitload yeah. of podcasts, like religiously, and like really. I mean, yeah, I do this one, but other than that, I don't really listen to any podcasts right now. Well, Conan, uh, he actually had Howard Stern on, and he said what he loves about doing a podcast as opposed to his show, he can talk to his guests for an hour, mm-hmm. and it's not like a three-minute clip or a four-minute clip. You know, it's not like three minutes of banter and then you know eric tell us about your new movie you know rick tell us about your new tour you're doing or your new album you know and it was like you know he loves to be able to sit down and be like so what what kind of ice cream do you guys like and all of a sudden you're getting a you get 
to kind of poke behind the the curtain and and a lot of people are are uh, you know sharing a lot more about their lives and they're in control of it and a, a great great podcast was uh if you if you want to see it uh, google conan o'brien having howard stern on it was a great podcast hmm. I, it was really interesting as the two of them talked about their own insecurities so good I, I yeah. think I've, I fell off a lot of podcasts because it, it seems like everyone's trying to clone and copy the exact a format of a podcast. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that a podcast is not like you don't take the same format that someone else is doing and repeat it. You have to find your own format because it's a long form content that you're right. producing. So you have to find your own natural way, whether that is through a format or if you just do it naturally. Um, I was talking about that with the, the owner of our, our coaching firm. He did a live podcast at biz X and it's weird. It was just weird. It <laughs> weird like he did it live on stage. And yes, that's part of why it was weird for the, it was, they brought in, um, Dustin Lynch was speaking on stage with him in the podcast. And, uh, it's just like, he, he structured it very weird. Like, mm. it, like it's, it's almost like a thought, you know, he'd ask the question, he'd answer the question. And then he just moved on to the next question. There was no like banter involved. There was no further de- depth to that thought. It was just, sure. uh, what do, what do you define success as? And then he would say what he's in. All right. Um, so moving into the next topic, and it's like it was just, it's like it didn't flow, you know. So you want to scroll the chat for questions? Oh, the the questions in the chat. Do you want me you to ask start the que- from the top? Do you want me to ask the question? <laughs> do you want to do you want to jump to the one? <laughs> Uh, who keeps track of your books? Right. Uh, basically, people want to know about uh, DJ Vibrub. If Vibra yeah, wants to know, uh, do you have a template you use or designate a bookkeeper? Um, Eric, I mean a- Andy does my book. So my Andy C- has an account. My CPA does my bookkeeping. I just like pawn that on him and pay him extra, and he doubles as my bookkeeper once, uh, one once a year. I have very clean records though i keep very good track of everything so it's not like difficult for him and quickbooks also if you have it auto populate and after, oh, yeah, after you teach it rules exactly after you teach it yeah. rules it does most of your booking bookkeeping for sure. you so he usually only has to sort you know yeah. a couple hours worth of transactions yeah, yeah um um yeah and until recently you only had like transactions on like two different methods so that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I, you know, every single business expense I do through the same account just so I can hand off the statement. And it's really, I mean, like I said, it's through QuickBooks either way. So, and then I, I use QuickBooks. I spend literally 30 minutes a week just classifying all the transactions that aren't classified by rules already. Yeah. I don't know if you broke out or not, uh, Keith. We are going through the questions that have been in the chat through the, through the, talk because we got a couple minutes left we're going to try and answer the questions yeah can you guys hear me okay yeah yeah we can hear you clear as day yeah um do your tubes have magnets these tubes in the background of our video um rick go ahead (laughs) Woohoo! they're they're the prototypes they're launching soon they're for both lighting we sell them uh both lightingusa.com they do not have magnets but they do have threaded mounts on both sides um and you can basically it's a tripod mount so any fucking mount you find can work with those clamps, et cetera. But 
they're probably a little too heavy to put some magnets on them things. Yeah, I and I don't even make a dollar for telling you guys this, but uh, we can fix if that. You, if you, yeah, <laughs> if you hold them up, next, I I prefer sometimes I prefer to just be able to claim that and it be legitimate. Uh, if you held it up next to an Astera tube, this thing is twice the size. Like it it's almost touching. The, it literally that's the ceiling. Like this e- is an this e- is. Yeah, like I made the joke earlier that they're Mandingo sized. If you don't get that, then that's fine. But uh, the thing is fucking huge. Uh, um, as a single off, I can't get my calendar filled. How do y'all do it? True, man. Just check out every episode of this podcast. Uh, you should get some ideas. A, that is a loaded ass question um, with a very loaded answer. Do anything and everything. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, I think that's all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone said, or Brian said he wanted to go to DJX, but he had to convince his wife. Just lie to her. That's my suggestion. Um, and uh, yeah. And uh, so a guy asked how much everyone made every year. Also, how much? How much are you guys turning over in your DJ businesses each year? So it's if let's say we all did say our numbers, that's not a fair. There are variables at play that we wouldn't mention, and then if you're if you're just looking at the total gross revenue, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really mean any. You know, let's say no, I have, I, let's say I run a ten million dollar year gross revenue business. Well, if my expenses, just a short version, if my expenses are nine point eight million, which is common, don't don't get me wrong. These big biz, that is very common. Uh, just because people are making a lot of money doesn't mean it's not taking a lot of money to make said money. You know, that's only two hundred thousand dollars profit. So divided up amongst the people that are mm-hmm. taking the profit, so that all of a sudden everyone's really not churning out so that much. I uh, so I I have a couple of like uh, repeat coaching clients that I work with, like younger kids that are trying to start DJ businesses right now. And the guy he started his business thing, and today we had a revolution revelation with him in terms of I was breaking down the numbers to him in terms of like me running a multi op, what my take home is at the end of the night after mm-hmm. paying people to go do these events, and he was like. Maybe I should just do a single op route. Because <laughs> not wrong. Because he, he was like, he's like, that's not much. He's like, you're you, that. He's like, he's like, I didn't think about all those expenses you have to do on top of that. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, now if you are the DJ doing that, your cost of paying someone to do that goes to zero. So mm-hmm. you can just claim all of that as profit. Right. And depending on what yeah. you're trying to do, that's because like him, he's trying to launch a, this this particular one. He's trying to. Uh, He's trying to see if he can pan out in the musician world and start making music and stuff like that. So he's looking for cash to help fund him now to start off. And I said, well, then probably single off doing some weddings for a year or two might be the best route. Yeah, if you're trying to be a musician, I would always say be a fucking wedding DJ. You can work Saturday only. Solo op, Saturday only. You mm-hmm. can just do all your friends' weddings. And it'll basically, you know, that's a, it's the ultimate college job. You can yep. work one day a week. He's in you college, can make everyone so. else. You can make more money than all your friends just working one day a week. Yep. That's I, what I, I did. honestly believe with a little bit of planning, a decent, and I'll say decent single app, they can make $100,000 a year full time. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. And, and here's my thought. You do DJ trivia or karaoke two nights a week at a bar at two to $300 a night. So let's just call it 250 a night. You're at 500. That puts you at 
that puts you at 26,000 right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're right there. Now you're, you've got, let's say 70,000 left. If you're doing, if you buy a photo booth and you can get anyone to go with you, you're easily going to be at 2000 to $2,500. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a, a good, decent, and let's say you're throwing in uplights or whatever, mm-hmm. you should be able to get $2,000 for a photo booth, uplights, ceremony, like, not even being like crazy, but and you should be able to do Six thirty figures. jobs. So that gives you sixty thousand. So you're almost at a hundred thousand, right? And, and then, take your write offs of your car and the third office, you know, the third mm-hmm. bedroom, use an office. You're easily there. But the the problem I think with our industry is, what's the first thing that everyone you meet at a DJ show goes? Listen, what do you charge? How yeah. much you make it? What do you charge? How much you make? What do you charge? Right. I mean, I was at uh, I was at DJ Collective, and it, it, I was in a small chat, and somebody asked it, and I go, I said, I don't even know. And he's like, Well, what does that mean? I go, Because every job is different, and I said, It really is. I said, I could go into my DJ EP and look up my average for the year, but I said, But that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. What no. matters is what I choose to take home. And I said, In the '90s, I was taking home sixty thousand on the books. And that was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I mean, and with the average household income being 50 grand, I don't have kids and I don't have a wife. And I know that I need $100,000 to live on. And it's just the way that it is. So I don't yep. know how a lot of these guys are, are living. If, and, and to me, step one in any business plan is you decide the life you want to live for yourself. And then you work backward. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's it. If you don't want to do karaoke, you want to be $2,500. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Where are you going to pull 40 weddings from? That's it. I mean, pull 40 weddings, you're at 100K. That's fine. Yeah. It's... You know, can you do it by yourself or bring your family with? Or what? I don't know. Yeah. I, I won't go into my own sob story, but I feel like so like light years ago, I was already like way above what I ever thought was going to happen. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's kind of just like a obsessive, how big can I make it thing? And there's really no, I was happy and literally, cool. literally a hundred steps ago. You know what I mean? So it's fine. Like if I, I, I'm, I'm known to roll the dice extra hard kind of thing because I know if I fuck it up, I'm like, ah, eh, well, you know, I'll still be all right. He's already been on the ground floor, on the concrete, yeah. under the ground. Uh, Exactly, and- <laughs> exactly. And like whatever, it'll be all right. Um so I will I'm definitely uh prone to like I said roll the dice extra hard, harder than your next at least. Um but target uh, is 1 million per year within 3 to 5 years. 1 but million euros. 1 million, well, yeah, whatever. It's different. That that's the guy's target, but um Yeah, but what's yeah. the point of grossing a million dollars? Like what's it's, the point? it's like not said, even exactly. Gro- it's not that could if if gross like uh profit like at the end of the line is that if that's your goal that's cool but i agree with what eric said that no one should ever be chasing a revenue goal i do uh you're obsessive in a different way <laughs> i do I but do. in general i like i like what casey's saying in terms of you got to determine what kind of life you want to have and that's going to determine how much money you got to take home and then you work your way backwards. And then if you grow it beyond that, you just put that shit in a nest egg. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the very first year, uh, well, maybe the second year, whatever, we did like 200000 in sales. And uh, whatever I brought home, I'm not even going to go into that, but uh, whatever I did bring home of that 200000 I was beyond 
that was all I ever need. I don't care. Like I said, anything past that, I'm good. Um, we're past that now, you know, but uh, that's why I say that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what is it? It's like the average person needs thirty to $40,000 to live. Yeah, and I really like, I mean, I'm one of those people that if, if I had a fucking air mattress and a room, and yes, I have a family now, so it's different, but mm-hmm. me personally, I just don't need anything. I just don't care. <laughs> like, you know, if it weren't for providing. <laughs> but, but, if, but okay, but let's, but let's be realistic. You have to be putting money away for your daughter's college education. Oh, absolutely. That's why I said things are different now. But uh, but I could have done that at that point is what I'm saying. You know, the income, even at that level, um, because my company, I mean, we operate on pennies. You know, that's just kind of always been the thing. It's yeah, it might be low revenue compared to the next, but there's no, you know, I won't say no overhead, but the overhead is favorable you know uh so every business is it's right so but that's what all i don't know the point of the the gist is your total revenue almost doesn't even matter it's about your profit ratio and and that's that's pretty much what we're fill down that one on (laughs) yeah it was amazing because we saw covid a lot of well-known people were crying like little oh girls because their profits weren't right. You know? Man, I seriously, I I'm made so many fucking Facebook statuses calling people out, not specifically, but just being like, "I know you're you you suck, and you've been the man for so long, and here we are <laughs> now that your pants got ripped off you, and you're fucking naked running through the streets." <laughs> you know, like, I was, I was just laughing because I was only a year into my company, and we're just like. It's good, right? We chilling. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we have money in the bank. We good to go. Yeah, but well, uh, here I'll give you another one. Uh, Michael Sawpaw, who was at Collective, and he spoke with uh, his his uh, creative team. Um, We've got him coming in talking about marketing at our show because he blew me away when he bought his company in two thousand and eighteen. Is this creative or the? Creative guys, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it's, man, they're another breed. I swear to I God. Know, but, but here they bought the to let the listeners know they bought the company for they was doing two hundred and fifty thousand a year. They did just shy of five million last year. Yeah, and they're on projection to do six through a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking crazy. I saw their stuff and I was like, I am going to your fireside chat. And I, oh, oh, I don't yeah. even know who, wh- who's I was supposed to be at. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to theirs anyways. <laughs> like, no, I mean it, it's crazy. I mean, and, and they, I mean. I'm a marketing nerd, and I had a total marketing boner the whole time that Michael Sawpaw was talking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I totally make sense. Two and two equals four. He's not trying to sell me a bill of goods. Like everything about it made sense. I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah, so yeah, they're fucking so geniuses. I'm very excited when he said he agreed to come to to Marquee. So that's awesome. Yeah. So now we got to get you guys to come to Marquee again this year. Yeah. So yeah, it's my birthday month. The month of the there year, the best month of all months. June, there what are the go. dates again? June 27th through the 29th. So you travel on the 26th, which is Monday. Then it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I'll say this, which I've never understood about shows. Our day three is as good as our day one. Mm-hmm. That's what I can't mm-hmm. stand about shows as a vendor. There's nobody there because the show producer put the Headliners. least amount of or... They put the total newbies or whoever 
on day three, there's like six people in the room. So even when you are the newer presenter and you're on that day, you're talking to six people, everybody's leaving. It's, it's, it's depressing, you know? So I've got it all the way up until four o'clock where I think we end with Alan Berg again. I mean, we've got great stuff every single day. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, where so. can we, where can we find you guys on the internet? Marqueeshow.com, and that's Q-U-E-E, not I-S. Okay. Marqueeshow.com. Do you have any social accounts, Instagram I got stuff? our Facebook, which is Marquee Show. Instagram is The Marquee Show. And then we've got on Facebook uh, the only DJ group page where nobody fights, which is uh, the Marquee Show community page. That's no fun. <laughs> I was about to say that's you no know. fun. I actually went a quick scroll on DJ Idea Sharing um, yeah. right before I came over here, and it, there was nothing good. I was like, huh, well, you, you failed me. Yeah. Out of fairness, they're, they're, the, the boards have been pretty quiet a lot, and I think that I'm really good at just – starting conversation mm -hmm. just you know respectfully or what have you i had an interesting conversation last night with a dj and she was talking about another dj who had just posted a bunch of pictures of themselves on 420 smoking <laughs> weed mm -hmm. and this person lives in a state where it's totally legal and uh -huh. and the person they're talking to goes that that's a horrible thing to post i'm like why it's legal it's 100 percent legal it's, how is it any different than picking up a glass of wine mm -hmm. and her and i played ping pong so i put it on the boards just to see you know you tell me what your opinions were and people had ideas both sides and uh -huh. you know i don't think one way is right but she condemned it like she was nancy reagan in 1983 mm -hmm. i mean it was just right. she was screaming don't say no and was ready to start cracking eggs and frying pans and the whole the whole old school way of doing it so yeah uh I don't know. Whatever. I think my me personally, I think weed people are annoying, but whatever. That's just my opinion. I don't. I don't give a fuck if you do it or not. That's just. I just. I don't. don't. It's your personal opinion. I mean. Right. It's it's you. Right. Be you. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um. All right. Awesome. Well, do it. Well, I, you can do it I too. I can't do it. I'm. Physically, he could totally do I it. I cannot. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight, Casey. Thanks for joining in with us on your trip back from mobile or not mobile beat fucking um midwest, midwest DJ's, DJ's lot all the names come together in my head except for marquee we've been <laughs> traveling back in time right they all start they all start with mobile or dj or something except for marquee i mean marquee doesn't so anyways if you guys didn't go check out marquee online if you guys want to go check out the show education all that good stuff be sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're over a thousand subscribers at this point. We got like one thousand and ten. So who did that? Let's go. Keep on it going. the ten k. Um, and if you guys are listening to this, be sure to check on the video side on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also listen to this on every single podcast source out there, including Apple, Spotify, all that. Just search the DJ Life Podcast. Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week with Dominic. Is it Dominic's episode? Don't hold me to that, but I think it is. I think it's Dominic's episode. Of the Crate Hackers. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll Anyways, see. Peace out, guys. See ya.